Today we'll be looking at a crazy little thing called love, and um, it's not really crazy. Uh, in fact, it's very sane. You know, there's many types of love, and our focus is not on, well, erotic love is in love making, and it's not on uh, the type of affectionate love that comes from friendship. Um, not um, kinship type love that's connected to family or relatives, but it's agape love. And we want to look at how agape love, this is kind of the focus today, how it can be a cure for a horrible epidemic that's been sweeping the globe for a long time. It's like a disease that cripples. Um, it cripples people's lives and makes them unuseful in God's kingdom uh, for all believers. Uh, I think it's something the devil is, is actively and intentionally working on uh, God's people. It's an outbreak of an epidemic called depression. So um, let's begin looking at the cure. Agape love is the highest form of love. It's uh, a type of love God had toward us when he gave his only begotten son. Uh, Jesus to uh, he sent him to be paid the wages that were due us All right the wages of sin is death and Jesus died for us on the cross and then he rose from from the grave and this was with within this gift it uh, is 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 a, a great gift of God is of agape love and agape love um, for us we can only know it when we've uh, experienced the love of God, this type of love in our life. And when we do know it, it comes alongside um, all of the other loves and strengthens them. It strengthens bond between friends and, uh, and husband and wife. It improves their relationships. It brings them closer to one another as they go closer to God. And... Uh, and so it also fortifies families in, uh, in amazing ways. So, you know, some of us may have been brought up by loving families, some maybe not. Uh, you might have parents who severely beat you or, or abuse you in worse ways. And friends, friends can sometimes abuse us as well. But, you know, whatever it was in your life, even with the best scenario, no one's ever loved you perfectly, no human has ever shown us a perfect example of love. We're all broken sinners, right? That is, except the one Jesus, God's only begotten Son. And uh, where Adam failed and where we fail, he succeeded. Now we're going to read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And um, we're going to look at it um, and see if we can make a con connection to the topic of of depression. See how God's love can help us in a world where um, depression wants to rule, rule the day. Let's begin. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy. 
or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. We know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully, even as I have been fully known. And then the last verse 13, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about how it seems that like Satan's one of his, his major goals for believers is to keep us depressed. And um, I want to talk about a cure for depression um, in most contexts. And we'll, uh, well, let's just get into it, you know. And you, you may think that depression is not like the worst problem someone might face in the world. But, hey, it, it cripples us. And uh, it's, it's, its side effects can, can uh, connect us to many other problems that, that hinder us in life. So a few are, here's some examples. Stroke, heart attacks, insomnia, weight gain, weight loss, feelings of hopelessness. These are all side effects of depression. Helplessness. Feelings of irritability, difficulty concentrating, daytime fatigue, drug and alcohol use, thoughts of suicide, self-pity. Um, depression hinders good relationships, of course. And there can be physical symptoms such as headaches and digestive orders and disorders and, and chronic pain even. And, and just uh, like generally speaking, uh, in regard to the genders, depressed men may exhibit more anger, frustration, and violent behavior, while women may be sad or anxious with more crying or thoughts of suicide than men. And these are just some of their side effects of depression. And they're not solid rules that govern the genders, but the general observations um, that the people have had over a widespread. Uh, but both sexes may... Uh, uh, may have feelings of worthlessness or hopelessness, uh, pessimism, decreased energy, fatigue, difficulty making decisions, losing interest in things they're, they used to care for, um, even their purpose in life. So, you know, you can see that depression is horrible. Uh, uh, that's, a lot, that's a lot of heartache right there that we just mentioned. Um, and many great heroes of the faith battle depression through their life. And I think um, that in not giving up the battle, but persevering, the depression had a way to bring them, make them stronger, bring them closer to Christ. Spurgeon was a great example. You can read about his struggles with depression and how 
um, it was a great inspiration uh, for others who were going through similar things. And he did not know what, what brought his depression on, is my understanding. And, of course, hormones can play a big role in depression. Um, depression can, I think, affect the hormones and bring them down, but also just hormones themselves, uh, not related to any uh, anything that motivated depression. Uh, it's my understanding it can it can be just a physical imbalance brought on uh, by uh, by who knows what, right? It's not brought on by necessarily any any circumstances in life. Um, However, and, and I, I think agape love can help in those situations many times. But uh, express, I mean, for the most part, a high percentage of depression cases are sparked by a catalyst of some type. Um, now, all these things uh, are just my insights and things I've read. Um, so I'm not a professional in depression, but I am a student of human behavior. And I've had ex experience with depression of uh, a loved one, heavy, heavy depression of, of a, a very close loved one that would not uh, even leave the house to go to the store for a whole year. Uh, that's what the depression, one of the side effects of her depression. And, uh, and I've had depression myself as well. So... You know, what is it, let me ask you, what ignites the spark that leads to you being depressed? Um, maybe it's uh, the fear of financial loss in your life, or maybe it's actual financial loss, you know. Fear your spouse will quit loving you. Um, fear that you're not good enough for, for others because of maybe your looks or your personality or your abilities, whatever. Fear your children will fall away from you. That can bring depression and cause you to try to take over and uh, and fail and be depressed. Fear you will not be respected or looked to. Um, have you ever had this, um, the thing that you felt like your opinion was not uh, significant? Now, your words didn't hold any weight. People ignore you, right? Uh the loss of health or even the fear of loss of health it can bring on depression. It can be a catalyst. Um, uh, fear that you you won't be productive in society or you're not accomplishing your purpose in life. Yeah, maybe you think there, there's just nothing special about you. And that brings on depression in people, you know. You might think you you've had you had no talents in life, no, or not very many, or they're not very good. Uh, maybe no spiritual gifts. Of course, all believers have spiritual gifts to to uh, to encourage the church and be used. But maybe you feel like you don't have any. You don't know what they are, or or you do, and you don't think they're worth too much, right? They're not very strong. So uh, there's there's a lot of catalysts that, that bring on depression, like thousands more than this. Um, when when our um, our confidence and our hopes are all wrapped up in ourself and things related to us uh, in the physical world, it brings on great depression. Think of when the stock market crashed. And people got so depressed that they jumped off of buildings, right? Uh, 
Uh, when, when our eyes are on ourself, and that's a, uh, that is who we are worshiping in life, and that's who we're working for, um, we're going to find out that there's going to be failure associated with that um, because we're not the glorious ones, right? And so there will be depression in our life if we worship ourselves. Um, so how can agape love for others help us ward off this depression? So I believe um, most types of depression that we mentioned, except maybe the hormonal imbalance, uh, it can be side effects of loving ourselves first and foremost, as I said. We're going to look a little closer at the perspective that Paul gives us about agape love. and He seems to like present some contrasts of agape love up against religious structure alone and, and, even, and practices uh, religiously, as well as worldly instruments, right? And I, I do like to think of them as vehicles that can carry love and do good, but also they can carry other things like pride and self-righteousness. And um, all these worldly and religious vehicles could be carrying the grace of God to others. Uh, but if love is not driving the vehicle or being uh, carried in the vehicle, then uh, the vehicles are of no good, uh, right? They mean nothing. Let's begin. Verse 1, we'll look at a few verses. Uh, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So is, is our confidence, does it come in our ability to speak well? Um, tongues of men, right? Uh, like, uh, or the, the tongues of angels, you know? Uh, um, I don't know, you know, uh, tongues of men, I, I would think, uh, I mean, I have a good friend, a missionary, Solomon, in India, and he speaks like a whole lot of different languages. And those are tongues, they're all tongues of men. And he could use those abilities for his own gain, of course, or for sharing the glory of God with agape love. Right? That, so there's an example of both types, I think, of, uh, of tongues. Of course, Paul, um, I think he's given an all-encompassing example, if I speak the tongues of men and even the tongues of angels. So he covers like the full spectrum of possibilities and everything in between, I think. I mean, without love, it's all meaningless. Whatever comes out of our mouth, right? He could have been alluding also to the gift of speaking in tongues. And, um, you know, many have and do elevate themselves, not all, with this gift. And once I had a man that came to me, uh, he was a preacher, and he told me, first he told me, I think, that I was not, and I tried to argue, a Christian, if I didn't speak in tongues, and then he, he ended by saying, you're probably not, you know, because, and that's, it's a false statement. The Bible's clear, 1 Corinthians 14, you know, but um, pointing to oneself, elevating ourselves, you know, I mean, that's not what tongues are made for. It's made for, uh, to point to Jesus, and when someone interprets, uh, then they can understand it's not a clanging symbol, right, uh, that has no meaning. Um, I mean, if, if it doesn't point to Jesus and it's elevating ourselves, it's self-worship and defending and protecting, worrying about the way the world views us always brings us 
to depression in our life because we have no glory to be viewed or elevated. All right. And then at verse two, he said, another example. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, you know, I mean, hey, you get all knowledge. Who's the smartest person you know? Maybe your friend or a teacher or maybe your mom or dad. Or many of us probably think we're the smartest people we know. Uh, an internet search, let's see, brought up people like Albert Einstein, Isaac Newton, Galileo, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Michelangelo, even Hitler and Stephen Hawking were some of the smartest men that believed that was of, of all times, right? Uh, so, but without love, the ability, that's without agape love, the ability to understand all mysteries and knowledge is just a vehicle carrying the side effects of a broken world. And, um, and in the end, we'll find out that our knowledge was good for nothing. And we would have good reason to be depressed with our life. So we don't put our, our uh, confidence or our self-boasting in our education. Maybe you have a master's degree in business or a degree from a theological uh, uh, seminary. Uh, many are elevate themselves or proud because of this reason when they speak to others that don't have as high education. But it's worthless without love. It's meant to be a vehicle to carry agape love. And verse 2 continues, If I have all faith as, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So, you know, I think pride um, in ourselves sometimes confuses, confused with faith. You know, do you have pride that uh, you're going, uh, you're a go-getter, you have confidence in your own abilities. Uh, you have faith in yourself is what you're doing to get the job done. Um, but, no one can take take pride in themselves for having faith in God, right? So I think that's an oxymoron, or it's contradictory in itself. God, uh, having faith in God is a gift. It's not of ourselves, but it is a gift of God. And not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. Uh, verse 3, if I give away all I have and deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So you might mm, take pride that you're a giver. And the, the Pharisees did that. They even sounded a trumpet before they gave. Um, but it doesn't really, you may think it gives you an edge. I mean, businesses uh, promote themselves by how they have given to charities many times. Um, and it may, it may give you an edge with people, um, you know, but it doesn't make God accept you, right? If you, if you get an edge with people because you're giving, it's for your own glory that you're doing it. But like this, this verse says, um, if I deliver my body to be burned, um, you know, that would be considered by many the greatest sacrifice of giving that anyone could give is to, to uh, because sacrifices were important. In those days, they thought about that as, as giving something the best of something um, to God. I mean, many of the other religions made sacrifices uh, throughout history. Um, 
So even if you gave your very self, what else can a person give as a sacrifice? If you don't have love, um, you gain nothing. Um, but pride also shows itself in, in withdrawal, doesn't it? When it's all about ourselves, sometimes we withdraw and we're not in a position to show agape love to others when we do that. Uh, and we withdraw for many reasons. Uh, and it might include uh, uh, pride. We're, we're prideful because we fear it's being seen as a failure. We're not good at something or whatever. We withdraw. And um, because it's all about us. And depression is likely to overcome us when we withdraw and with pride, a self-centered pride. Now, it could be a thousand different things, and Paul seems to be using a re religious reference for the Corinthians. But he says that agape love is greater than anything we can do, any title we could ever have, any words we could speak, any gift we could give. Um, agape love is better than being rich, smart, uh, being a great leader that could move mountains um, without love, it's all rubbish. All those things, all money, knowledge, worldly abilities, um, one of these days they're going to turn back into dust. But the ability to love Jesus um, has, and to love as Jesus loved, has eternal consequences. Um, and it's worth repeating over and over. It's superior to all those things we mentioned. It's not dependent on talents, the ability to sing or play an instrument or anything else. What if I'm, what if you're uh, homebound, right? What if I'm stuck in a nursing home? Great news. You don't have to be depressed and feel like you can't make a difference. Because remember, none of that matters. If you've received the love of Jesus, you can love others and that's what makes a difference in the world. Well, uh, do you fear being weak? Maybe you feel like you're a weakling and um, and you become depressed. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Look, uh, whether you're homebound or in a nursing home, you don't have to continue to be blue. Uh, whether uh, maybe your mind doesn't process things as fast as they used to, or, or your hearing or your eyesight are dimming. Maybe you can't get up out of the chair and walk like you used to. None, none of that matters. If you've received the love of Jesus, you can love others, and that's what will last into eternity. Because love is um, it's better than anything. Better than being able to walk across the, the room or hear or think fast. The kind of Paul of love Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 13 is about godly, agape love. It's, um, it's a, a humble love, a servant. A, a servant type love. It's for people who have a servant heart, who've experienced the love that Jesus had when he came as a servant to love us. Paul goes on to explain it. And we'll look at a few more verses before we close. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. 
it is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Um, you know, just reading that list, I mean, it seems to me, can you see how impossible it would be for someone who has not realized God's love in their own life? To be able to love like that, not to be irritable or resentful, uh, not to envy or brag, not self, not arrogant or rude, not insisting on its way. Yeah, that kind of love does not come, come standard on a human being. It's not built into our heart when we're born. You know, something has to happen, right? So, again, agape love is the kind of love God had when he sent his only son to be paid the wages of our sins on, on the cross. The wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then on the third day, he defeated death. And he'll raise us up. But while we're here, he gives us the, the power, that same power that raised Jesus from the grave, to overcome sin in our life. And we grow in that. Uh, we're a work in progress. He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. So what's impossible for the world is good news for believers. Um, if you receive his love, you can love others. You can forgive others. You, you cannot insist on getting your own way. You might say, well, hey, you know, you don't know my situation. Um, it's pretty bad. I'm stuck in this horrible relationship. And yes, I'm being abused, or a horrible job, and, and it's it's tying me down. I can't quit because I need the money, or this this horrible disease that's taken over my life, or this this nursing home where treat, people treat me bad, or a thousand other effects of a broken world. Um, there's so many people, and even in America today, are um, victims of slave trade. And, and throughout uh, in Thailand, it's horrible over there. Many parts of the world. In India, it's horrible. Um, if Jesus is your treasure, he will intercede for you. In this world, according to his will, for his glory, for you. Because he loves you. Um, and um, no matter what you're going through, God can get the glory in your life. And you can serve the purpose of your Creator with joy and love. Love for others. Love for God. Love conquers all. Uh, so don't you, you don't need to be depressed. I know it's difficult for whoever, whatever you're going through. Satan attacks us, every single one. Some in the heart, some in the mind, some physically. Um, and, God, and God does allow that for His glory. Um, it's a part of His plan for his glory, and for all our good. Even when, when Joseph was sold into to slavery, he was first left for dead, then, then rescued and sold into slavery, and he spent time in prison. He was uh, you know, treated unfairly, unjustly, and at the end, when his brothers who sold him into slavery uh, came to him, they, were, they feared for their life. And Joseph told them not to fear, what you meant for evil, 
God meant for good. And he forgave his brothers and he loved his brothers. Love conquers all. So no matter what you're going through, people may mean it for evil. But God has a plan, a good plan for your life. Uh, I think it's Romans 8.23. All things work together for good for those who are the called, who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. All right? So you don't have to be depressed. Just walk close to Jesus Christ in his love and his joy and uh, loving others, and, that, and you'll be able to make a difference in the world. Um, it doesn't matter that, that you feel restrained or you don't have talents or, uh, you know, you can't speak well or uh, whatever it is. All those things will be burned up in agape love, uh, things that are quickened out of love. God's love will, be, will remain, all right? And that will be the things that are actually quickened and motivated by the righteousness of Jesus working out through our life. Let me read just a few uh, texts, uh, short scriptures, and we'll uh, leave it in God's hands, and, uh, and then we'll pray, okay? We'll let God get the last word in, in text here. Um, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. 1 John 4, 11, Beloved, if God so lo loved us, we also ought to love one another. 1 Corinthians 16, 14, Let all that you do be done in love. Father God, you are awesome, Lord. Thank you for, for choosing us, Lord. For, for sending your son, for giving your son, Lord, to lay down his life, to live a perfect life, and then pay the wages of our sins, Lord. Uh, and then to, to rise again and give us who believe uh, power over sin and to raise us, us up incorruptible to be with you one day forever, Lord. Um, thank you for all that, Lord. And, and everything that, that implies and relates to that you've done for us, all the riches uh, that are in Christ Jesus, Lord. Uh, just coming to you is not an, is not the end. It's a beginning, Father. Thank you for that. We have all to, all of eternity. Help us to rejoice in you every day and trust you. Then our, our, ourselves take up our cross daily and follow you. You've told us that if any man will come after you uh, to do that, to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow you, Lord. Help us to do that in joy and in love. Um, enjoy leaving all behind and treasuring you as supreme. Lord, uh, help us not to be depressed. Satan wants us depressed. And he comes to us all, Lord, I think, on a regular basis and pressing us and prodding us and, and trying to bring us down so that the ministry of the kingdom of God might become stagnant and God may not be glorified. But Lord, work, work in us, Father. Give us your joy. Help us to trust your, you and your words. Uh, increase our faith, Lord. We believe. But please increase our faith, Lord. Help us to trust you more. You're trustworthy, Lord. And use us in mighty ways, Lord. Help us in our weakness to know that we're strong 
in Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.